Corinthians chapter 12. I'll be reading verses 4 through 11. This is a letter that Paul, one of the early church leaders, has written to the people of Corinth. So I invite us to open our hearts, our minds, and ears, and to receive this scripture this morning. This is what it says. There are different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries and the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. A word of wisdom is given by the, to one person. A word of knowledge to another according to the same Spirit. Faith still to another by the same Spirit. Gifts of healing to another in the one Spirit. Performance of miracles to another. Prophecy to another. The ability to tell spirits apart to another. Different kinds of tongues to another. The interpretation of tongues to another. All of these things are produced by the one and same Spirit who gives what he wants to each person. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. The song that we sang right before the scripture lesson this morning is one that I grew up hearing at singing in church, singing at camps. I've heard it as prayers that spirit of the living God fall afresh on me, melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God fall afresh on me. It's got a really simple and and basic melody to it and The message is also pretty simplistic in nature, but to me it taps into both the nature and the call of the Holy Spirit. For the past several weeks now, we've been talking about this power and this role that the Holy Spirit plays for and in our lives. On Pentecost, we learned about how when the Holy Spirit showed up on that day, There were tongues of fire on top of everyone's heads that were gathered in the room. And and there was a fierce wind that had, had blown in. And there was a sharing of language that happened in the place that drawed everybody, drew everybody's attention into that moment. Asking, what is happening here? What is going on? Now, several of these images that we get of the Holy Spirit, they can seem and sound a a little bit intimidating, I think. But throughout the entire Bible, there are all kinds of ways that the Holy Spirit shows up, working and moving in people's lives, inspiring entire communities, bringing healing, often bringing clarity, And yet there's also something mysterious about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes there is just this feeling that we have deep down in our beings that seems to be just drawing us in a particular direction or to see a certain thing. It can feel uncomfortable at times. 
There was one year that I was in college and I, I, I made a decision that I was going to journal a prayer every single day. Now, I have no clue how in college I managed to keep up this discipline, but I had this notebook that I would write down a prayer each and every single day for an entire year. I kept this up. Now, it's one of those notebooks that I look at every once in a while and I wonder, should I get rid of this thing or should I hold on to it? The few times that I've, I've picked it up in these last 15 years and turned back to my sophomore year thoughts in college... There have been entries that I've turned to where it is apparent that I clearly thought the end of the world was definitely about to come because there was some major test or project that I was working on that just seemed to be such a challenge. Or I'd flip to another couple of pages and I'd read something about me struggling to work through a, a friendship or a relationship and figuring things out. I read it now and think, wow. That really was not a very big deal. But I agonized over it in that moment. I was consumed by that thing that was was in my head, putting so much energy into worrying about it. Do you all ever do that? Put a lot of energy into worrying about something? And as you do in college, I gained different experiences that helped me to grow. And I, and I learned what a gift perspective can be, especially if you're willing to learn from it. But perspective, as it would go, is one of those things that often you don't have at the moment that you could utilize it the most. One of my favorite social media trends that is happening now, there seems to be that a lot of parents have been posting pictures, and I think it's a camaraderie of their kids having meltdowns, just trying to to reason with their children over some pretty ridiculous thing. This is actually one of my very best friend's kids. She gave me permission to put a picture up here. Um, This was Lev because he was crying because his parents wouldn't let him eat ice cream out of a stranger's cup out at a restaurant. The... The picture previous to that was, was him having a, a difficult time because he wanted them to drive on the other side of the road to, into oncoming traffic. Doesn't make a lot of sense. A couple other of my favorites have been parents saying, I, no, you cannot run out into the middle of traffic. That is not a good idea. One of my favorite ones that I saw in, in lieu of summer and, and a time at the pool, a, a parent posting a, a picture of a complete meltdown that the child was having because they offered to give them extra time at the pool. And that kid just didn't know what to do with that moment. Extra time. Today I, I have a confession to share. Paul, who is the author of this letter to Corinth that we read a portion of today, is one of those biblical guys who absolutely drives me crazy at points and who I also think is incredibly brilliant and the most amazing leader that we have as, as the early church was developing. He's someone who I would say was kind of constantly up to holy mischief. As an early church leader, he was prophetic. He had voice and and saw things. And at the same time, he also said some really awful things at at certain points that we read about. There there are certain chapters or or verses that, that I've gotten to at points, and I've thought, 
Paul, what do you mean here? What are you even talking about? Or, or what were you thinking when you said this? Or just a moment to pause and say, really? What's going on there? He was not perfect, and yet he was attentive to what and how the early church community needed to be focused on, and he was pretty direct and instructional to many of the communities he was writing to. He often was the guy who was helping to bring perspective by painting a, a picture of, of the bigger picture of the commu- for the community about what everything was all about what things were were pointing to, and and how people's focus needed to be directed. But many times, the communities that he was writing to were like that kid at the pool, not sure how to respond by giving them extra time or extra encouragement, a good word. Or maybe like one of the other meltdowns of not being allowed to do the thing that they wanted to do, Because Paul knew that it was dangerous or or maybe not the wisest decision to make. He brought perspective to this early church community. And Paul and his companions, they they write these letters that now fill the pages of a, a lot of the New Testament that we have. And I love that these words that are written are very specific to the community in which he's writing. It's either to usually a place that he has visited or a place even sometimes that he's just heard of because a good word has has gotten to him about the work that is happening in a certain community. The writings are focused on what is going on at that particular moment. Now, let's be realistic about this. This is not an immediate response. This is not Snapchat fast or even email fast. This is not even receiving a newspaper to give you an idea of what the political environment going on is or what the conversation and dialogue is. Word didn't get to Paul immediately, but sometimes it was over months or even years that he learned about what was happening in a community. And these letters that we have, in turn, serve for us now, even in 2019, as some really brilliant and amazing guidance for what it looks like and means to be followers of Christ in the midst of of how we should listen to the Holy Spirit. Paul talks a whole lot about the Holy Spirit in his writings because he's reminding people that Jesus has has just come and shared that even though he has gone on, he is no longer here. This is after his death and resurrection that Jesus said, I leave with you the Holy Spirit that is always going to be present with you. I do not leave you alone. And so Paul reminds them, of this constantly, because that is a, a piece of what the communities are struggling with. What do we do now? In the chapter that we read today, we know that Paul, he saw, he believed, and he taught that the Corinthians had a full measure of the Spirit's power there in their community. He believed this. 
He names many of the gifts of the Spirit, and he calls them spiritual gifts. And these are a few that he he acknowledges and names in this chapter that we read. He says a word of wisdom will be given. He said to another, a word of knowledge will be given. To others, faith. They will experience faith. To someone else, the gift of being able to heal. To another, the ability to perform miracles. Prophecy is going to go to another one, and the ability to tell spirits apart to another. Someone's going to have the ability to kind of understand and see the bigger picture, and someone else is going to have the ability to partner alongside and know how to live that out. The Corinthians had all of these gifts among them, and and many more. He states them and, and names them. But do you know what else was present? In the midst of all these gifts, they also had conflict. There was judgment. There was some disregard for one another. They had some issues and some topics that they didn't agree about. Can you believe that? They had all this skepticism of each other's intentions and and behaviors. They questioned who someone had an allegiance to. They wanted to know who who was it to. And they wondered if they could trust each other and rely on equal and, and fair treatment. Do any of these feelings sound familiar to anyone here today? I've always loved the posing of the question I wonder what God is up to in this place. Or maybe you've asked before, where is God in all of this? Have you ever said that to your, either out loud or just to yourself? Those are some really big questions. But maybe more powerful is the curiosity that is present in those questions is actually... The wondering of how would we or how might I respond to what I see God is up to or what God is doing? Would I have a meltdown? Would I pretend I don't see the things that don't seem convenient to me? Would I be willing to follow instructions if someone invited me into something? Or would I even care enough to be willing to consider making any changes? You know, one of the things that I feel like Paul does a really good job of is reminding everyone that they have a part to play. Everyone. Whether or not we choose to respond, now that's a different thing. But the message is for all of us. And Paul that makes that incredibly clear. Paul even says in a different letter that he writes um, to the Galatians, he says as a reminder to them, there is no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female. For all of you are one. In Christ Jesus. 
What does it mean and look like to understand that God is at work and alive and also to understand that we are a part of this aliveness. That the Holy Spirit gives us gifts so that we can be able to participate and contribute to what God is up to in the world. Now certainly there are signs and characteristics of what this manifestation of the Spirit will look like. One of the things that Paul says very, very clearly is that the Spirit is all about building up the group rather than enriching individuals. And he adds, a demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. It's given, these gifts are given for the common good. For all of God's people. Individuals receive gifts from the Spirit, yet each gift is a part of the body as a whole. Just like Crystal did a beautiful job with our children just a moment ago. The body is meant to work together, it's designed to. And in this we hear implied that a gift cannot be, if it cannot be shared, and shared for the good of others, then it's not of the Spirit. Gifts are not meant to be ranked, and there are not individual gifts that are possessed by others that are better than other people's gifts. Shambly. I wonder, what is God up to in this place? How will you display and discern and offer and use your gifts exactly who you are right now, here and now? You know, I think that that is a danger that we have. Is that often we think like, no, hey, Holy Spirit, if you could just like hold off for a minute, not give me the gift yet because I don't feel prepared. Like, let me just go and... And prepare myself and and then maybe you could give me... No. Everyone, all of us, have the gift of having the Holy Spirit a part of who we are. What would it look like to incorporate children into the church? How will more seasoned folks continue to contribute and offer their gifts You know, gifts, they don't retire or expire. Praise God. There are beautiful ways for a community like this, full of different generations to contribute and lead. And I'm not just talking about inside the walls of this church. But Shamley, what is God up to in in this place? In 2019, what is God up to? You know, you don't have to be ordained to to say something or to to speak up and, and bring the needs of the community forward and to put something in light 
that needs that to happen. Now, I am not Paul, and we don't live in Corinth, but I have had the joy of journeying with this community for this past year, and how grateful I am for that. And I've had the honor of seeing your spirit, of learning what you care about, what you put your time and attention into. And I've also heard about who you want to be. I've heard your hopes. I've seen some of your fears. I've hoped alongside you. We've been willing to try some new things together. Shambly, you have gifts. Even if you are visiting here for the first time today, all of you, each of you, have ways in which God has touched you, equipped you, and blessed your life. If you're visiting here, you have a gift. If you've been here two months, you have a gift. If you've been here for ten years, you have a gift. If you've been here for over 50 years, you have a gift. And your gifts are not ranked or contingent on anything. Your gifts are designed to be offered and to, sh- to be shared. They aren't in competition with one another. In fact, the opposite is actually what is true. Is that your individual gifts are are more powerful when they are shared together in community. You know, it's in the next section of this chapter 12 where Paul says, And I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or a foot to the ear, the same thing. Or, he says, imagine if the whole body was an ear. Besides just being weird, that wouldn't be beneficial to the whole body. Perhaps he gives this warning. Because he knows that it's one of our human worst enemies of being the body of Christ that inhibits us is that sometimes we can think that our gift is more important or more powerful or necessary than others. It is easy for us at times to think, well, you just don't know what I know yet. And then we end up arguing and focusing on and proving, on proving ourselves to others. As if our own worth and, and value depends on our ability to be able to defend or to one-up the person next to us. But Paul reminds us that this will not serve the common good. So as the body, so as the body, the body of Christ, what does it look like for us to ask the Spirit to lead us and guide us? 
Shambly, what would it look like to ask the Spirit to lead and guide us? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God. All afresh, afresh. Do you hear the importance of that word, afresh, on us? Help us to see and to use our gifts that you have given us, knowing that they are of you and from you, that we have been called to be light and love, to be bearers of hope and justice, to be faithful and kind. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. May it be so. Amen.